Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the caper to the realm of the unknown, the unbelievable, and all that cool stuff. New England's own Van Helsink with me all the way across the Atlantic Ocean on the coast of the UK, specifically Wales, is the gold standard in ghost hunting. The guy known as Stephen Passes. You sound proper chipper, Rob. <laughs> What's up? You, you just sound proper chipper for a change. Proper chip, that's good. Proper chipper. What chipper. Does that mean? Chipper. That mean? Uh, perky and bright and cheerful. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, go back to your usual miserable self. Well, maybe that's because I moved back into the office, so. They... Yeah! Welcome to uh, yeah. I was going to say um, welcome back to your office. Are you are you in your office as we speak? No, no. I will be broadcasting from there on Tuesday, so uh, beginning in February. So that, looking forward to it. Is it nice to be back? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's very good actually. Uh, I had a good feeling when I walked in. Uh, yeah. Things you miss are the old place. Lots of things are happening. Yeah, you What's miss that? the old place. Well, VZ's haunted, isn't it? So you get plenty of opportunities to stake it out, put your cameras out, swirl some glasses. Well, you know, the the thing, I'm glad you mentioned that, because one of the things I will be doing this year is I will be following in the uh, uh, footsteps of Thomas Glenlin Hamilton and be documenting the seance. And uh, we will do in a special room where we'll have it locked off with cameras and recorders and special uh, lighting and stuff and uh, we will conduct seances and uh, uh, record them all and then we will analyze our recording so who knows that sounds cool I'll tell you what's a good idea have you thought of um, maybe putting a Faraday cage in the middle of the room and bombarding it with electricity no I don't think so why I don't have one to start with a man of your talents could Easily make a Faraday cage, well, and it would. Every journey and, starts with a single footstep, so we'll start well, with this and get advanced. I I still have fond memories of our trip to Hampton Castle, and you showing me that very strange and interesting experiment that was conducted there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure they had them in the UK. I mean, it's uh, you know. Oh, we have Faraday cages, but I don't yeah. recall it ever. I, except on television, I think uh, Dr. Kieran O'Keefe was once shot out with. He was once what? Steve? Yeah. He was yeah. once what? He was once shot at with bolts of lightning in a Faraday cage during an really? episode of Most Haunted. Oh, yeah. Not- well, you know, it's amongst the uh, the archives of burying members of the cast and suspending them and shooting lightning at them. It, all shock and awe. Yeah, well, that tends to be the way, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Anyways, um, 
I do want to mention, too, that uh, we have finally uh, set up the website for uh, ticket sales for Spirit Quest this year, 2015, Book of Shadows. I did notice that. So, Book of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Why Book of Shadows? Obviously, I well, know, we have for a the benefit of our listeners. We have a guest coming on very shortly, and when she comes on, we'll get into that a little bit. But I just want to mention that if you go to the NE Ghost Project uh, website, which is the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, you can uh, purchase your early bird tickets, which are up there for a decent savings. So there you go. And you can keep, you know, keep going back because we're going to be adding new things all the time, too. So I'm excited. And, of course, the wonderful gold standing and ghost hunting is coming back as well. Apparently so, yeah. My flights are booked and apparently uh, been uh, been requested to come back again for a third time. Is that really hat- three times? This will be the hat trick, September 2015. So really? Um, in in view of the the change of theme, there's uh, some new stuff coming from the UK as well. Excellent, excellent. And uh, when, you, yeah. when you tell me what we, what you want, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I mean, you've got your own stuff coming up shortly, don't you? Um, I've with- got yeah. I, I just... Steve, the... hello. What? We keep losing you, Pat. Uh, it's not my end. Um, yeah, I, I know. We say that, but you know what? It's your end. Uh, no, no. After after the the. It may be not at your house, but it's in the UK. No, after um, after the problems of Skype of 2014, we had a Skype monitor fitted to the computer, so it can tell me where the Skype is uh, functioning okay. But anyway. Um, yeah, I don't normally do or organise public events. I do participate in them from time to time. And on February the 7th, uh, I will be organising just such an investigation. But an investigation done uh, very much differently than a normal public event. The, mem- the participants will not be dragged from room to room and uh, swirl glasses and tip tables they will they will themselves participate fully as the investigators whilst I'm there uh, together with some assistance from Parascience as facilitators. The, the location is Pembroke Castle here in the west of Wales, a location that's got a very interesting history. It was the birthplace of Henry Tudor, who later uh, became King Henry VII of England, Wales uh, and Ireland. And uh, it has a number of ghostly stories that go back to the late 1950s, I think is the first one that I've located. Uh, It's a castle that's very, very close by. It's a castle I've been involved with for quite a number of years. Uh, I was there with the BBC. I've been there with other media broadcasters. And the castle suggested that they might, that they thought that there would be uh, sufficient interest uh, and from within the castle staff themselves, mm-hmm. to conduct a more objective, um, different perspective uh, investigation. There have been some investigations carried out there quite recently during 2014, uh, but they have been medium-led, medium and so were much more uh, as people would expect an event investigation to be. Oh, moreover, moreover, I'm only charging half the price, uh, <laughs> um, or the, the 
the, the participants are only being charged 50% of what they uh, they were paying to go with the medium because, as sure. you know, go, go well, sometimes you know, cheap. Mediums are, are high maintenance, so, I mean... I they guess. are very high maintenance, you're absolutely right, and they, they command high fees and uh, they work very hard for their fees, um, as, as you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's a cheaper option and they get warm food. And they get uh, the facilities of the castle. Uh, yeah, with... When you say warm food, what do you mean by warm food? Well, uh, well, well, we have a, a particular Welsh dish called cowl or call. Um, there's two different pronunciations. It's, it's essentially a meat soup, a very thick meat soup. Like a stew? Uh, um, yeah, virtually, virtually. A juicy stew? Virtually the same thing, but in Wales it's called a cowl or a call. And uh, they'll be get that that'll be served halfway through the through the evening um, at the midpoint to keep them nice and warm because it is the beginning of February after all, and uh, there'll be there'll be other hot refreshments throughout the night. Also, they will get the opportunity to have um, in excess of three hours uh, to investigate the location for themselves. Uh, obviously they'll, they'll get to visit several of the areas. There's a, a deep underground cave underneath the castle. That's part of the underground, uh, mm-hmm. complexes. There's the battlements, there's the main keeps, the walls. There's the very room where Henry the seventh was born. He was born there. He was born inside, uh, Pembroke castle and the tower. I know uh, that's Carew castle. Pembroke. Oh. Sorry, Pembroke Castle, Castle is is around two miles from Kerry Castle. Oh, uh, sorry. They ha- they are obviously historically linked to each other um, mm. and geographically very close to each other, but they are dissimilar. Kerry is famous for having its ghostly ape, the Barbary ape, the ghostly monkey, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably one of the more interesting ghosts. It also has a, a white lady, a princess, uh, princess. Interesting. As we lose you again. So, so anyways, uh, while Steve comes back, we will bring on our guest. Yeah, you will go on. Anyways, uh, joining us now from Salem, Massachusetts, is my favorite Salem witch, Kelly Spangler. Hello, guys. Hey, Kelly. Kelly. So, Kelly, you you will... Good. There's a delay because we're on Skype, so you have to get used to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, this is a little bit like dial-up, isn't it? You know, we have to have a delay. You have to wait. Anyways, Kelly uh, will be headlining along with Steve at uh, Spirit Quest, and Kelly will because Spirit Quest Book of Shadows is about the study of witchcraft and ghost hunting combined and how uh, they deal with spirit, the ghost hunting, looking for spirit, and the witchcraft dealing with spirit. So uh, is that how you would describe it, uh, Kelly? Yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it. I think this is going to be an amazing event, um, combining the two, you know, uh, two things that go hand in hand with me. So I think this is going to be great. That's right, because you're not only a witch, but you also have your own ghost hunting team as well. Yes. Salem Spirit Seekers. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, the member of your team will be on in the second half of the show to talk a little bit about what he does in the team and so forth. 
Absolutely. We'll have Tom Galisti. My, I have him. He's my uh, team leader. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking forward to hearing him on the show. Excellent. Now, Kelly, you and I came up with something really neat. Uh, as Spirit, of course, part of it will be the outside ghost hunt where we will go into the haunted woods and uh, investigate outdoors as it's a whole new ball game. And we decided to do this as a little bit of a, a competition, the witch team and the muggle team. It's going to be fun. I think and which what we team am I going to be in, I wonder? I think that we should put little, like, uh, things in a hat, and the people have to pick out of the hat, and that's the team they're on. I think that's great, and we can and we can uh, actually break up the teams uh, halfway through the, the night anyway, so everybody gets to work with you, and everybody gets to work with me as well, so being a muggle. <laughs> muggle. So what is a muggle? I mean, I've heard Christian use that so often. Well, luckily, you know, it's the Harry Potter uh, term. Uh, it just means non-magical uh, being. <laughs> oh, that must be Steve then. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what Kat says anyways. So, uh, <laughs> move right along. <laughs> I'll have um, you know, I, I, I think I, it's fair to say that I think ghost hunters use a great deal of magic, um, mostly performance magic, it has to be said, in the form of these electronic tricks. Oh, I, really? I can't hear Steve. What was that, Kelly? We lost that. I, yeah, I, when I hear Steve, I hear it breaking up. I couldn't understand what he said. Well, he's English. He talks that way. Oh, <laughs> Well, I know that, but I just... <laughs> but anyways, it's going to be fun. And, and another part of Spirit Quest, of course, will be the, for lack of a better term, uh, Witch's Bonfire. And you can take that so many different ways. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be fun. I, I'm, that's, you know, we're going to do that, what, Friday night? That will be Friday night, Friday right after Dining with the Dead. How apropos. Yep, after... Yeah, that'll do be fun. How... Do like a nice magical circle around the bonfire, mm -hmm. conjuring up the spirits of the woods to get them ready for the next night. I got so, banned, Ke Kelly. Can you hear me? Now I can. Yeah, because at yeah. first it sounded like a cell phone breakup. Yeah, it's probably wrong. Um, I got banned by Ron because I suggested that one of the things we could export from the UK was a 17th century ceremony for summoning the devil to the Sabbath, uh, which Whoa. we which we could bring over, but he told me that I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> I don't think we want to summon the devil. <laughs> well, I, I suggested we we actually recreate exactly the sale, uh, the Sabbath ceremony for yeah, summoning the devil, but he's, he's told me in no uncertain terms that I've got to leave the devil back here in the UK. <laughs> yeah, you can leave that over in England. We, we're all good. <laughs> we'll, we'll conjure spirit of play. Yeah. Actually, Kelly, I did make a compromise. I am allowing him to change a young boy into a goat. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. 
Is that not true, that Mr. Parsons? Um, it's it's a distinct possibility. We have uh, that would replicate what Harry Price did in the 1930s in Germany. Um, I don't see the relevance to witchcraft, but um, yeah, we could we could use that that ritual. Uh, but it's interesting that, that you associate witchcraft and ghost hunting because the association isn't a new association. Um, for it, it goes back certainly for at least uh, seven or eight hundred years. Many, many, there are many, many strong links between ghosts or what we would term ghosts' hauntings and uh, and uh, links with witchcraft. Uh, and I don't just mean the current case, the cases, the famous cases like the Bell Witch, uh, the Montpesson, uh, the drummer of Tedworth, for example, was was uh, supposedly. Uh, caused by a spell but we would call that the poltergeist case today but back in the uh, 18th century of course that was very much uh laid at the door of witchcraft and sorcery absolutely yeah everything back there if it wasn't explained or it was just way out there was considered witchcraft (laughs) if you owned a cat you were a witch (laughs) 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 and there's so many you know so many tales from back then, you know, you look at it now, like, that was so far out. How we evolved so quickly, you know, and it just, it amazes me now that how, um, you know, to me, I feel like the craft has become a little bit too mainstream. It's just <laughs> like people are doing it just because, you know. Um, it, it really is a huge dedication, you know, and, and, and uh, it, it's your daily life. And it's in, like, Ron stated in, in the event, you know, on the website, you know, it's always, people always see it as evil, you know, and, and it's, you know, when people are doing spells, it's more in a line of doing a prayer, you know, and they have to kind of get a little more open-minded with how they do things. So I, I see now people are starting to see that, whereas, you know, even 50, 60 years ago, people would look at that and say, whoa, that's witchcraft, you know, they don't want to do that. Don't, don't talk to the spirit. Yeah. yeah, and actually my favorite West Coast, which uh, Marla Brooks uh, wrote a book about everyday magic and, and, and magic in the workplace, which is interesting. Uh, it, it, it goes along with how, you know, something we thought was so evil is now being used in ordinary uh, lives. Yeah, every day. Every day there's something magical. Every day. Yeah, there you go. Should we disregard the dark side, though? No, you can't. Darth Vader's there. <laughs> no, I mean, we talk about, uh, the, the, as, as Kelly rightly highlighted, uh, modern witchcraft has become very much a fashion. Uh, there are very, very many people practicing it. But uh, witchcraft does have its associations with the dark side also. And uh, I don't think that's necessarily addressed by modern uh, Wicca and modern pagan practices. No, I mean there is dark, there is light. It, it goes hand in hand. Not not everybody in the world can be all good or all bad, right? You have to have a little bit of both. So mm-hmm. witches that do not define themselves as pagans or Wiccans or whatever, whatever. You know, which is because we we do work both, mm-hmm. but it's not work. you know pharmacy, you know, for our benefit. You work the dark side as well. <laughs> I do, 
but I only do it when I need to. It, it's not like I just go out and I'm going to go and do bad things. If someone's, you know, you know, putting some harm on me or someone I know, I'll just mm-hmm. throw that karma right back at them. You know, See, and, and, I like Kelly even more now. I like the dark side. <laughs> the dark side has cookies. No, we, don't. we have cookies and we have chocolate milk. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's it, it, you know the the interesting thing. There's so many. Uh, that's what we want. Why I, I want to do Spirit Quest on witchcraft is is there are so many misconceptions about witchcraft, and and hopefully we're going to look at some of these misconceptions and and see what they're based on and what witchcraft is all about. And and not all witchcraft. It's not like you know. Uh, all witchcraft is Catholicism. In other words, it's, there's not that strict creed in witchcraft that there is in, in uh, the Catholic Church, for instance. Right. Well, with with, with uh, Wicca, there are there's a creed. Right. You know, um, they have certain ways. You know, um, they're, they're very just focusing on more of the white light, the healings, and all that. So it, it really depends on which end of the witchcraft spectrum that you're partaking in. I mean, I, I'm Sean's witch, so that, that, that should tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Christian always told me that, that Wiccan was a religion and witchcraft is a method. Well, you know, I'm up and down with that because sometimes I think the same thing, but as I look into it more, witchcraft, if, you, if, you, if you're doing it religiously, meaning every day, all the time, and I guess it is a religion in a sense. Um, oh, yeah. But Wicca is a religion that practices witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And, and same with paganism. It's a religion that practices witchcraft. Witches are just, just witches, and this is what we do all the time. We don't really have too many rules or set rules, really. Um, and we can go across the map. You know, we, we're very eclectic with, uh, you know, the deities and, and all that. Where we don't just focus and say all on Celtic or all on Roman or all on German, you know. Um, we, I have a whole bunch of everything, you know. <laughs> so that's the that, there is a big difference between having a certain religion pattern and and being a witch. Right. And I, I know one of the things that I will be doing at uh, Spirit, Spirit Quest uh, Book of Shadows is, of course. I will be bringing a black cat, and we will try to determine who the black cat is. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, I, I was thinking exactly the same, Kelly. Did you just say you're bringing a black cat, and we have to figure out who it is? Yeah, yeah, because I, you know, black cat is my familiar, and uh, therefore uh, it, you you have to determine who uh, this familiar is. So, uh, what, are you bringing, is it going to be like a like a, a police ID thing with like lots of black yeah, cats? Absolutely, and, you have to. And we have, have to, to pick yours. Right, absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, first if, on Spirit Quest, Ron's lost the plot. Yeah, if if you uh, get the answer wrong, the cat will scratch your eyes off. So, okay, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> oh, no, I just made that up. I'm not doing that. Or. That would be quite fun. Where, where do we get the idea that that, that animals, especially cats, are, are familiar for witches? 
Well, I believe any animal can be a familiar, but it just seems like most witches like cats. Like, look at me, I'm the cat lady. I have so many cats. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I have friends that have, you know, dogs they feel that they're familiars or, or a bird they own and that they're familiar. It's all in the connection of the soul. Kind of like a human, uh, the human soulmate contact that they're familiar, you know. Um, so that's what it is. If you have a specific animal in which you feel you have this really amazing soul connection with and that you can actually, you feel like you've had maybe past lives together or you have this just, you, you know what's going on at all times between each other. That That is your familiar. Okay, uh, we actually have three questions for you in, in, uh, in from the Pararex. And the first one is, does Kelly also have psychic ability to add to her witchcraft abilities? Of course, yes. I'm a psychic full-time. So there you go. That was easy enough. Question two. Has she ever used witchcraft to help a spirit become more visible to her on her investigations? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Yes, I have, um, actually. I've, I've, I've been in an investigation where, you know, I you know, I really want to get the spirit to show themselves, and I can hear them, I can kind of see them. So I just work a little magic and then focus in on it, and it appears. I've actually had it happen so that the person I was with caught it on their camera and if I can get in touch with the person I will have them send the pictures to me um, so yes I do work this is this is what's cool about this event that we're doing is that yes you can incorporate your magic in your investigations to enhance it and it's not provoking the ghost by the way it's just kind of I guess getting more into the spirit so they can hear you better and they, you can see them better Right. I have a it's feeling started. the muggles are going to struggle Ron I don't think so. And anyways, uh, I, I also want to mention that I will be doing at uh, Spirit Quest as well is, is that uh, a friend of ours gave me a spell for spirits to appear, and I used it at Spectral Evidence one year. And we, uh, Leslie took a picture while I cast a spell, and <coughs> excuse me, she did. Uh, she got a neat, neat picture out of it. So I will be doing that at Spirit Quest as well. So there you go. Exactly. So you have also done what you're asking me. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know me, Van Helsink is, uh, you know, although scientifically based, he is versed in all the crafts. Uh, that's that's who Van Helsink is. And anyways, the third question, which I know the answer is, but I'm going to let you answer it, is Kelly a solitary witch or does she have a coven? Well, um, I have my own coven uh, called Blood and Kisses Coven. It's very small. It only has about five of us in it. I'm also part of Raven Moon uh, of Salem, uh, which was Sean's coven, but now it's just, you know, the remaining people, uh, some some of the remaining members are still involved, and we get together periodically and we do magic together. Um, We used to be full-time, but because, you know, Christian now lives in New Orleans and... You know, we're, we're very busy in our and you know our lives and stuff. So we get together when possible. Um, but I, and I also do solitary magic as well in my house. Um, but to answer the question, yes, I, I am involved with covens. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, Kelly, we've got to say goodbye to you, and we're going to take a break, and then we we'll have uh, Tom on the line uh, to tell us a little about about what he does. Excellent, and I will listen in on uh, Taji next. 
Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being with us, and I look forward to working with you at Spirit Quest. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give the awards to the Parrax family. Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Collett, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. And we're here at the elegant Benford Hall, the Downton Abbey of Venice. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you. To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. On Tokenet, Para-X, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your tune-in app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for tea. International with our host, Ron Kolek. And Steve Parsons. You're listening, hopefully, live on Toginet, Para X, the Ghost Channel, and God only knows what else. Or you might be listening to the podcast via iTunes or or one of the other podcasts. That right, Ron? And uh, before the break, we had our guest was Salem Witch Kelly Spangler, who I've met, and she's really nice. And Mm -hmm. We're talking about Spirit Quest, the shadow, right. the Book of Shadows, mm-hmm. which is coming coming to New England near you, September eighteenth and nineteenth. Is that correct? Twentieth. Oh, and the twentieth. 
And joining us now is a member. Of, and joining us now is a member of Kelly's team, uh, Tom Gillisey. Is it, Tom? Tom. That's as good as anybody else could do on the first try. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Tom. Uh, you are a member of uh, Kelly's team, and uh, so how did you you you're not a witch, right? No, I'm not. I'm her lead muggle. Lead Michael, there you go. Okay, so how did you meet Kelly, and and why did you decide to work with her? Uh, we, I originally I was I was living in New York City, um, and we just became friends online through mutual friends through Facebook. Uh, we built up a rapport. Um, I moved up to Massachusetts after um, the, hur- the hurricane, the last hurricane, and we got together. Um, and we just started talking about, well, I guess you can call it shop, um, about investigations, how our different methods cross. Now, I've never lo- worked with a psychic medium before, uh, much less, you know, a, 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 a witch. And we decided to do a little test investigation, and the methods that we both had merged so great to give us such great um, uh, evidence Um Kelly then asked me to become part of her team, and uh, we haven't looked back. Okay. So, uh, Steve, this is a part for you now to ask about his background and so forth. You've just done it. No, I mean as far as you know what he uses. And <laughs> I don't. Well, if, if I'm if I'm keeping you up, Steve, just let me know. I mean, uh, that's not a problem. Well, as you say, we're having Skype problems, so I'm a little bit reluctant to to, to jump in too much in case I fade uh-huh. out again. Uh huh. Uh huh. But do tell there us about your. your <laughs> doesn't this? Do you know it, our our guest on February the third is a professional radio person. He's going to give us a critique of our show. But oh, forget uh, it. <laughs> no, seriously, I've arranged that one. There's a special treat for you. But tell us. I mean, you know, I am a ghost hunter, um, so I, I guess I come into the muggle category also. So, uh, uh, your techniques. Um, it, it varies. Uh, one, I still, I mean, I've been doing it for over five years, but I still consider myself a noob. Um, I, you know, I, I approach it as if I just went in for the very first day. I rely on my instincts. If I feel something is building up and a little bit, maybe I should be a little bit more cautious. You have to listen to your instincts. Um, depending on the history of the location, I always start from that. Uh, where it comes to that there was like, uh, a, for example, the proprietary house in New Jersey. Uh, my, one of my favorite places to investigate. It was um, Benjamin Franklin's sons. It was the last governor of the uh, of uh, um, uh, uh, Britain. Um, and, you know, I relied on the history that I learned from what I could find. Uh, it was also a, um, a uh, foster home for kids that I relied on that. So, of course, I would bring toys, um, uh, some items that might actually get a little bit more of a spark of uh, proof, uh, of evidence from them. Um, and then normally, if there is something around, I will uh, use a uh, my my newest favorite toy is my new brand new millimeter that I have. Uh, you know the basic K two. I mean, what ghost investigator doesn't have that now? Just you know, based on TV. Um, <laughs> I also do use a pendulum. So it, it sounds to me like it's a very broad mix, um, a crossover between uh, the science approach of uh, the w- well, what people traditionally call the science approach, i.e., the use of, of technology, supported by intuition and a mix of some of the older 
more spiritualist-based methods. Absolutely. Um, Kelly and I, our last investigation um, that we helped out a family, Kelly and I split up. Um, we, she relied on her uh, superpowers, I like to call them. <laughs> um, you know, I've used my gadget. I'm, my, I'm more like the Robin of the team. And, um, you know, we, uh, we, at the end of the night, we compared notes to what we found out. And I would say at least 95% of the time, we were right on the same page about everything that we discovered. Which, which do you find the most effective of the, of the techniques? Um, respect. Right. I mean, if you want to put it in a, a, like a generality, it would definitely be respect toward the spirit. We don't go in there. We don't intimidate. We don't harass. We don't, we don't do anything like that. We show respect no matter what the spirit is. I mean, if, if that's initially how we go in there with all our techniques. Um, Kelly will, as I said, like we will normally split up. Kelly will approach it from um, um, her, her perspective and her gifts. I'll approach it from the scientific. I usually use, I mostly use uh, at least two to three instruments at once, as long as they don't interfere with each other. Um, and then, as I said, we just compare later on at night about what we've found, and then we'll actually have a secondary game plan of what locations we should go. And sometimes on the second half, we will actually join together. And, in fact, I sent Kelly those pictures she was talking about at the end of her segment about uh, the spirit desk where she used um, her gifts to bring forth uh, a shadow person that we mm -hmm. both found at the end of the night that was being called the master. She, her, she actually received that through her gifts, and I received it through my spirit box at two different times. Interesting. That's what I was going to ask you is how do you correlate your – you said that, you know, you did yours separately and she did her, and then you would correlate it and you would get the same results. I mean, it's I, I was trying to figure out how you could do that where she was using basically uh, her intuition or her psychic abilities or mediumistic abilities, and you are using, uh, you know, instruments. How do, yep. how do they mesh? I, I'm not quite sure – if working independently, how they, they would mesh. Like, I mean, give me a, a, an example well, of, of it, for instance. Well, 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 one was the spirit box, mm -hmm. which, for example, like I said about the last investigation, where the, the word the master kept coming through. Okay. Uh, um, another thing could be also just using our uh, the um, full-spectrum camera. If she's picking up something of a dark entity later on and I'm able to show her pictures to support what she's feeling... That's another way. Sometimes I'll also do burst sessions to see if I can actually get something um, that's a, an intelligent uh, spirit to see if I can actually get something where I can show her later on. And I'll actually uh, have somebody who will actually enhance it uh, on the computer and be able to, like, actually send it back to me. And I'll be able to, we'll be able to compare notes later on and she'll be able to hear the EVP. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, that, no, I, see. Just, I don't know if I made that clear enough. No, I, I get it now. I was just curious on, on, you know, the two different modalities and, and how they would come up with the same results. But now I think you've kind of answered that. Steve, you get that too, right? Steve? I, so, yeah, you see, that's I understand that some of that was fading out a little bit then, but uh, I get oh, the gist of it. It's, it's relatively straightforward, I would imagine, to compare. Yeah, it definitely is, especially when doing EVPs. Like when we actually have the full recorders go on, and we have the team reviewing the the EVPs, and then that later on, if we discover something on there, again, we meet up, we review with Kelly, 
and we just, you know, back up whatever. Well, not back up, just, I mean, if there's something there that's different, of course, we tell her that, too. Mm-hmm. What do you do with the evidence that you gather um, post, post-investigation? Facebook. Well, on the last one, we did do a review with the, um, with the client. I shouldn't say client, because obviously, you know, that's when you're getting paid. With the family that needed help. Um, we reviewed it with them. We, we, we uh, explained to them at the very beginning of what we did find. Uh, we let them listen to it. We get their interpretation of what is being said or what they're seeing. Um, and then we provide support to the family. And then with this family, the last one, um, I actually gave them a CD of all the EVPs together, including something with all the pictures on it, too. Do you give them any sort of briefing beforehand before you just, or do you just give them the, the CD without any sort of preamble? Because I'm no, guessing no, no, no. that... We, the, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm guessing that, you know, there might be a little bit of uh, full counselling required. There is. Uh, usually Kelly takes that over. Um, her voice is, you know, she can really explain to them, not better than I can, but she could definitely, like, she gets to them, to, how can I put this? Kelly's more soothing nature. <laughs> um, she does speak to the client. I will provide any kind of assistance that she needs or the family needs. Uh, then we review, and they don't get the CD until much later on. I understand that. So, uh, so what would I mean? If, if when you've been doing this for five years now, you still consider she a newbie. So, what? Do, you, do your opinions change since you first started doing it? In other words, uh, are some things that you thought were paranormal, do you look at them now and say, well, maybe they weren't because of knowledge I, I have picked up over five years? I would have to say yes. The biggest thing is a fear cage. The what? So, I mean, a fear cage. Like, for example, um, I had somebody when I was, in, when I was an investigator in New York uh, I had uh, a person that needed some help. They were actually saying that their their basement was haunted, mm-hmm. and that they were seeing things downstairs, um, and there was just some weird things happening. They were always feeling nauseous. Um, when I went down there and just used the basic K two, I was able to find out how the wiring downstairs was being grounded through uh, their 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 um, not their their plumbing system. And it was exactly. actually creating a fear cage, which was encouraging them to see things, get nauseous. There's a normal, uh, too much I'm, um, uh, electromagnetic pulse happening. Yeah, I'm just curious. Do the, does the American system of um, supply electricity differ from the UK? Because here in the UK, it is standard practice to ground the electrical supply through the plumbing. Yeah, we it, have... In, it, in, in, in yeah. the U.S., Steve, we have actually Romlex wire. Now, we don't have two separate wires. We, we, it's all in one now. Well, for whatever water, reason, this supply. one was I mean, the K2 was going off the chart. So it was, it was producing an actual EM fear cage on the person that was downstairs. Also, he had a separate bedroom downstairs that he would sometimes spend the night in. That was downstairs. So that was mm-hmm. actually just creating because he was being um, exposed to it for so long. Oh, okay. What sort of levels of EM were, were being uh, measured? I'm curious. I, I couldn't even tell you. We're talking over. Five, uh, we're talking almost four years ago. I'm sorry. 
I'm just trying to define what a fear cage level is as opposed to, you know, uh, high EMF or moderate EMF, low EMF areas, regions within a, within a property. Uh, you know, how would we define or how would the listeners, if they were investigating? Steve, uh, has, has there ever been a, a research, any research on that where, where we actually take a person and they, they emit a certain amount of EMF and, and they measure it, uh, his reactions at certain levels? Uh, that has actually, uh, most notably, of course, by Michael Persinger, who used the God Helmet to generate EM fields very close to the temporal lobes of the brain. Uh, there have also been Project Haunt here in the UK, where large EM field generators were placed uh, inside uh, or outside of a room. Uh, in order to generate a very high EM field within the room to try and create the the experience of a haunted location. It's been tried on a number of occasions. But, but do we know the threshold is what I'm trying to get at? No, we don't. No, we don't. And in fact, the research is, it, what, what the research does seem to show is that whilst we do know that you, you require uh, relatively high amounts of EM, um, there is no set specific figure. It does seem to vary from individual to individual. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, from location to location. But, you know, there are, there are uh, multiple studies that have been done and links between location EM, uh, no, again, uh, notably by Persinger and indeed by Parascience. Uh, well, most, mostly is based all on that uh, one study in Canada, right? Uh, that one study in Ontario, yes. Uh, but Parascience, if you if people care to go to the Parascience webpage mm-hmm. and look at look at the farmhouse case, we had a direct, uh, directly Probably. similar case. Uh, very cl- closely correlation to it, uh, to the point where we actually communicated with uh, Professor Persinger about it, uh, because the, they were so similar in the in the. Uh, what we what we what we found is, and what we did was we 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 located the source of the uh, high EM. We had that rectified, and indeed that did change the dynamics of the haunting. Uh, the, it changed the atmosphere and the, uh, the, the impressions within the family and reduced uh, a great deal of the haunting activity. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's interesting. Go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. As you mentioned before, depending on the person, which basically they call it a hypersensitivity, which that can also come into play too with the person who's actually receiving EM. That's absolutely correct. Um, here in the UK, we have uh, a university department at Bristol um, called the Centre for Human Electromagnetic uh, Exposure Studies, I think they are. And we actually involved them in the farmhouse case. Um, we actually had to, we, we called upon their professional services to measure, to, to check our measurements of the EM fields at the location. Uh, and they are studying this electrical hypersensitivity that some people claim to have. It does remain contentious. There are a lot of professionals who, says it, who say it doesn't exist, but there are others who say that there are uh, adverse health uh, effects and that uh, there are psychological and physiological effects from exposure to high EM fields. And I'm also conducting the same kind of test myself by putting a fork into a socket in the wall and see if that works. <laughs> I always wanted to test mediums. I've had very little success with it. No, I, 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 
a test I wanted to do on mediums involved uh, a, a bare wire and a, a socket in the wall um, and some questions, but the ethics committee put that one, told me that one had to be shelved. It's, it's really interesting, but uh, I know there's a, a guy by the name of Lewis Proud. He's an Australian. He's been doing a lot of work on electromagnetic and radio energy and so forth. And one of his theories is that he believes that... Uh, spontaneous human combustion might actually be caused by electromagnetic energy, which I, I find interesting. That's certainly not what I've heard before. But uh, uh, see, see, think, I try, think. I, try, I try to get him on the show, Steve, but he's not doing interviews, unfortunately. Hot property. Well, he doesn't but, know what he's missing. Yeah, <laughs> I do have his book, though, Steve. Next time you're over, I'll let you uh, peruse it, and I'm sure you can learn vast amounts of information from it. Cool. Big fields uh, were, were the area that parasites really began with um, because it was an area where there were a great many questions to be asked and answers that needed finding. And... Uh, it's only I mean, parasite still does check electromagnetic fields, but we realise quite quickly on that the basic meter, like the K two, the cell sensor, the Doctor Gauss, uh, the Mel meter, mm-hmm. even are all are all horribly inadequate for doing these sort of measurements because they they don't give you enough information about the about the electromagnetic fields that you're dealing with. Specifically, you've got no frequency information; you're only given amplitude information. I mean, it's. There's so much. I mean, we we actually emit electromagnetic energy ourselves. We do, but you can't without knowing without knowing the free. Uh, we know the frequency of all sort of man-made radio transmissions. We know the frequency of most natural EM fields from zero, you know, or just above zero, which is the Earth's geomagnetic field, right the way up into the terahertz band. Uh, but unless you know the frequency of the electromagnetic field, you don't. You've got no information about where it's coming from. All you can say is there's more of it or less of it, but you've and, got no yeah. idea where it's coming from. And and, and there's even a theory that uh, you know that we possess this uh, magnetic sixth sense, which uh, is similar to what uh, homing pigeons have, and and that we can actually. Uh, uh, you know why? You, you, you just for instance, not even getting to the psychic end of it and the mediumship end of it. Don't even go there. But just knowing where you are sometimes, without knowing where you are physically. Uh, yeah, medical. I don't believe. I think people have actually looked for these uh, because it, within a pigeon's brain, of course, these are small particles of a magnetic material, magnetite, uh, mm-hmm. which which they haven't yet found in the human brain. And this, this idea that, well, if a pigeon can do it, the hu- uh, we must be able to do it. It's a bit like saying, well, a pigeon, a pigeon can fly, therefore we must be able to fly. Right, but there is... Okay. Which, of course, we can, but right. we... I can, I know that, so. Doing it since I was a kid. But that, that's another story. Uh, anyways... Uh, Getting back to, uh, I don't know how we get on this, as usual. Um, getting back to you, Tom. <laughs> uh, I understand you'll be joining us at SparaQuest as well? I will. I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be doing a, a lecture or two. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I, I'm, now I'm confused, though. If you're going to be taking part in this uh, 
this uh, outdoor ghost hunt, the Muggles versus uh, witches. So, what what team are you going to be on? That's that's confusing me. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with Muggle because um, you know if it's going to be a team thing, Kelly and I are both very competitive and uh, argumentative sometimes in our findings and whatnot. So I think that could be fun. Hmm, interesting. Well, what I've heard tonight, we've got we've uh, I know what. Oh, we'll ask you again, Steve. Doing Ron. You're back. There he is. Yeah. I was just going to say, now we've heard that everybody's doing a spirit quest, there, there remains one question that I have. What the heck am I doing? You're uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on, I'm on tea duties this year, am I? Yeah, yeah you know what? You're, you're what we call the uh, eye candy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw, I'm going to have saw, to talk to Kelly because she says I was. I'll have to bring my, I have to bring my Downton jacket smoking, uh, Downton Abbey smoking jacket. That should suffice. Steve, you're the nice. sanity of this event. Oh, oh we lost him again. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm still here. You there? I am. There you go. So there we go. So whether Steve is here or not, uh, it's, it is here. Uh, back again. It's like a bad penny. <laughs> uh, anyways, so we'll we'll be uh, looking at a lot of different things as far as uh, witchcraft, but also ghost hunting too. And uh, I think uh, you know it'll be interesting to go on a ghost hunt with a witch. How does it vary uh, with you know a ghost hunt with a medium, or is there a difference at all? Uh, mm-hmm. What is, what is your thoughts on that, Tom? Um, I've actually done, uh, worked with both um, in New York and with Kelly. And, uh, Kelly and another friend of mine, um, uh, he's actually has his own group. Uh, they're good friends also. But I found that um, they're both definitely uh, pluses to both sides. Um, uh, I'm trying to just remember the, some of the differences between the two. Obviously, they're both psychic mediums, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly does have that little... Uh, Voodoo does she do? Um, she might smack you for saying that. she do? I like um, that. Um, that uh, I know, right? That um, she does enhance the investigation. Um, and like I said, I sent her the pictures earlier about the shadow uh, shadow figure. Um, that um, I, I think she's going to mail to you to see, uh, so you can actually see the differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let me ask you about that because that's Steve's favorite type of subject is shadow people. And since he can't talk uh, for He can talk, and I'm wondering why I got roped in on... My favourite... We mentioned this briefly last week with Anne, didn't we? And I simply asked whether... Because, you know, the shadow people are the latest craze in the paranormal. Uh, I'm sorry? Am I fading out again? No, you're there. Carry on. Oh, are shadow people just the latest craze to hit the paranormal? I, I think so. I mean, they're one of the most, I mean, unless you're going to get some people who are new to this, and that's one of the things I was going to discuss, discuss in a lecture about integrity and ethics, about saying something is a demon when it's not, um, just scaring the families. But, I mean, it is one of the most darker entities that uh, people are into recently. Um, but some of the people that are, you know, have been in the field for a while who actually have genuine evidence on the shadow people and what they do to, do to people and families, um, they are something to be reckoned with. I mean, they're, 
you know, they're, most of them are pretty bad news. Yeah, well, we're going to have to do a show on this. In fact, I know just the person to contact on Shadow People. Uh, but anyways, that was the do a bow, which means the pizza from the dead is here, and we've got to wrap up the show. Tom, we want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to meeting you at Spirit Quest in September. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. No, thank, thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, anyways, uh, that's what we've got ahead for us, Steve. We've, we've got a lot of uh, interesting uh, problems to deal with at Spirit Quest. Uh, a lot of unique. I, I'm just imagining which team I'm going to be putting for the ghost hunting here. I've just got an impression of a. Oh, looks like we lost him again. Oh, well. Anyways, uh, I guess it's uh, time to wrap it up. And remember to tune in tomorrow night when Ghost Chronicles Next Generation will be a live video broadcast uh, right here on Tojanet and also on ebctv.org. And our special guest will be Roxy's Wicker, and we will be uh, talking about haunted cemeteries. So I'm really excited about that. So tune in tomorrow night at 7 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time for uh, another uh, video episode of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Good, good night, night. God bless. God bless. If you can hear me. Here we can. <laughs> oh, good. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck. Welcome to J.